Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, everybody. Uh, welcome to episode 220 of Dude and the Monkey. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster. And as ever, I am joined by a year older. Fucking the... Hello, Ian Loring, hello. Uh, for those who don't know, I've just wished Ian happy birthday. It's his birthday last Tuesday, so yesterday. Um, so how, how, how old are you now, Ian? 42? 33. Thanks. <laughs> Still fucking two years younger than me, mate. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm currently 35. I'm just, I'm just not far off. I'm 35, which is, which is depressing. I was actually having a conversation about it with people at work the other day, and they were, they were asking me how old I was, and I, I mentioned that I was coming up to 35, and they said, "Oh, that's that's you know, that's not even really that old anymore." And I was like, "It's kind of like it's verging on middle age, though, isn't it?" And like maybe, and I just I thought said, like, right, right, I well." When I think about it, I think, I've got 35 years more to go. That just seems like a lot of effort. <laughs> I was, do you know what? I was thinking about that the other day in terms of, like, retiring. Because because of the industry I work in, I was thinking about how much my projected, like, pension pot's going to last me and stuff like that. Yeah. And it was like, I've still got another 35 years of work in front of me, most likely. Yeah. And then, hopefully... I live 10 years past that, hopefully. And it's just like, it feels like a long time. You, you, you've essentially got your the, the entire time you've existed, plus a little bit, only like a fraction, but plus a tiny bit yeah. to go until you can, pop, you know, and hopefully you'll, you'll be able to take an early retirement. But there's a possibility that, 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 that that's, a possibility that you might not, and that you get to that point, and it's it, it, it it's staggering. I was just thinking, I was thinking, I'm thinking, I just, I just don't actually bothered. It, it's it's a tangent already. Yeah, taking early retirement will inte- will depend entirely on how my pension does. And the thing is, right, the rates, the growth rates that we use are mental, right? I'm projected to have a pot of around about if everything goes okay about 200 grand by the time i'm 68 right yeah if if it goes it grows at a high rate they reckon 800 grand and it's like how the fuck are you working that out that like that makes like what what projection system is our system using to get that? And the thing is, that's now. Frankly, I'm kind of going. I'm 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 on an upward trajectory yeah. in terms of my workplace. So my contributions are probably going to go up once we finish paying off our mortgage. Fuck, man, it's going to be shoveling into my pension. Yeah. So it it's like. I, so that's the thing, right? Even if it was like 500 grand, which would be amazing. 125 grand tax-free, awesome. 375 left, which means that I could take a, nearly 20 grand a year out of my pension, plus the state pension when it kinks in, and I and that would last me until like early 80s. I'll probably be dead by my early 80s. So, you know, hey, anything that's left over with this option would be paid to Lottie and if there's another one anyway. So, whatever. It's fine. But 
Anyway, anyway, this has been an advertisement for pensions. You should have a pension because then that's going to keep me in business. But also, you should have a. Actually, no. Well, I'm I'm not speaking as a representative for my employer, who I have never disclosed the name of publicly. But my point of view, my opinion, you should get yourself a pension. Yeah. Because there's going to be no fucking state pension when, or there's going to be fuck all when you're older. There's, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's 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 something that you need to have, isn't it? I I and, I, I, and, I, and, and looking for employment, it's something that you should. When you're looking for a new job, it is certainly something you should you should consider. Is what is their pension scheme? Because the the the, the job that Bex is currently leaving at the moment, uh, one of the reasons why she's leaving is because the pension scheme is terrible. Thing is. The minimum at the moment, this is changing next year, but the minimum an employer has to ask a, mem- a, a colleague to pay into their pension and for them to match is 1%, right? 1%. Mm. So, yes, your employer pays into it as well, but 2% of your salary going into your pension, that's going to be worth fuck all. Yeah. Fuck all, unless you're, like, really well paid. Barclays, right, Barclays, just as a benefit for being with Barclays, We'll pay, without you paying into it at all, 10% of your pension in. Jeez. Yep. My employer will pay in 5% without you doing anything. But I pay in 5%. They match that 5%, plus the non-contributory 5%. So I've got got, uh, 15% of my salary goes into my pension every month. You know, that's that's not too shabby. That's That's not not, too shabby. And I only pay 5%. That's the key thing. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, seriously, when you're looking for employment, that's the kind of thing you should be looking at, genuinely. Yeah. And remember, if you pay in from your own bank account, the government will give you 20% tax relief <laughs> if you're under a retirement age. It's a very, very good way of saving money, of investing money for the long run. Anyway, this has been an advertisement by. <laughs> Uh, Ian, uh, right? Anything? Anything happened in the film world? The film world in the past <laughs> seven I'm, I'm days. Looking for, I'm looking forward to Noel's WhatsApp comments on this. Um, <laughs> have we said what we're reviewing? We haven't. No. Well, hello everybody. Um, we got that tangent over and done with there. Um, well, when we last recorded, uh, we said that we might be reviewing a ghost story, um, and then we said we might be reviewing Atomic Blonde, and we said we absolutely will not be reviewing Annabelle Creation because I didn't like the Annabelle film, so we won't be reviewing that. So on episode two hundred and twenty, we are reviewing Annabelle Creation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and this is uh, because. Um, being honest, Atomic Blonde, it, it, as it, it, we had a minute in a conversation this, about this on WhatsApp, saying that it, it seems like it is frighteningly average. Um, no one's talking no one's, about it. No one's talking about yeah. it at all, which means that it can't be that bad because people will be decrying it for being terrible, yep. but it also can't be that good yep. because people will be telling you every time you logged on. Now, yep. I know people on Twitter are distracted at the moment, yep. but still. Um, so we're going to do a ghost story, but... I've had a, a a stressful week, is what I'll say. Nothing terrible has happened, just been a generally stressful week. Um, and I just felt like, actually, do you know what? After Ian's positive response to, to well, I don't want to say positive response, but positive response to the first one, and um, he seemed to, from what I gotta get on with Annabelle Creation, um, I thought, do you know what? 
that's better for me. I, I'm more in tune with going for that. Uh, I also uh, had a look at uh, the fact that it was directed by David S. Sandberg, who directed Lights Out, mm-hmm. which I, I really quite enjoyed. Um, so um, we went for that, uh, which I'm, I'm quite glad we went for that, to be honest. Um, he's, oh, is, he, is he the guy who's directing the Shazam movie as well? Yeah, he is, yeah. Is it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we... I actually really quite quite got on quite. Have you seen Lights Out? The um, did we? Did, we, Bella, did we review it? I, I watched it in the cinema. Yeah, well, I think we must have reviewed it then. Yeah, but yeah, and I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. So I was willing to give this a go. Um, so we'll get into that. We'll do some what we've been watching, and we'll do some peaks chat, uh, and the usual sort of tangents, which you've already heard a little bit of there. Uh, Ian, um, trailers. Has, has there been any? Uh, let me have a quick look. Um, I saw. Oh, yeah. Well, I saw the trailer for um the ritual before um uh before Annabelle, which is a Rafe Spall starring horror film about a bunch of guys who, after the death of their mate, go on a walking trip in Sweden. I think it is because he want he always wanted to do that or something. Um, and then shit happens. And the tagline is "They should have gone to Vegas." Yes, which, it is, isn't it? Which I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of. The trailer looks very generic, and it's like, "What is Rafe Spall doing in this?" So I'm kind of intrigued due to that. But you know, we shall see. And the only other one that I saw was uh, Molly's Game, the uh, the Aaron Sorkin written and directed yes, film. Yes, I, I saw that as well. Yeah. Um, which you know looks good, man. I'm up for yeah. Jessica Chastain fucking telling people where to go. For an hour and a half or two hours, that'll do. Yeah, absolutely for that. I'm interested to see what um, Sorkin's like as a director as well. Yes, yeah. No, I, I. The thing is, you know, he's going to be meticulous. You know, he's going to be very, very hands-on. I, I, I hope the direction is as playful as his screenwriting can be at times. Yeah, that that's it. Because he, he is quite his screenwriting has a certain has a very definitive pattern to it uh, but he's often written scripts for directors who are very very much have a style of their own as well so you kind of have those two things coming through so it will be quite interesting to see where where he kind of lands as a director certainly and it's a good cast as well yeah yeah no absolutely um, so yeah I think that, that's pretty much all I watched tonight because it just didn't seem to be anything no, not really. It, it, it's the quiet season. It is indeed the quiet season. So, um, so well, without further ado, we've got, we've got to that quite fucking quick, actually. Uh, Annabelle Creation. It is a it's a sequel to the 2014... Sorry, it's a prequel, isn't it? To the 2014 film Annabelle, which is a part of the Conjuring universe. Love it. Uh, from which we've had two films of... Uh, um, we're going to get more. Uh, we're, we were, we're both quite big fans of The Conjuring, actually, aren't we? Uh, both I, I, the I, I really like both films. Yeah, I, 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 I really like both films. I wasn't as keen on Annabelle. I remember yourself and Noel actually joined us on that episode, I believe. Yep. Uh, and you both really got on with it quite well. So I, I think after uh, I might go back to it at some point because, you know, maybe I was just been a bit of a minge face when I watched it. Um, so this one, uh, it's... Um, that's in 1945, as we see Samuel Mullins, um, played by Anthony uh, Lepaglia, 
who is making a doll, a doll. He's making Annabelle the doll. And he's, doll maker, him and his wife have a young daughter called B, uh, which we'll, we'll get into later on. Um, seem to have a fairly idyllic uh, life in, in sort of 40s rural America. And then what would you have it? She gets hit by a car. And then we fast forward to 12 years later and Simon Mullins is taking in a, a group of orphans and a nun and his wife is is bedridden now but we don't actually get that backstory. Uh, we'll get more into sort of plot bits as we go along. I don't want to get too much away with it been a horror movie because we're going to give it away as we're talking about sort of pros and cons etc and what we thought of the actual movie. Um, Ian, what did you think of Annabelle creation? Yeah, so I, I was um, I was I was bang up for this. I'd heard some good word going in, and um, yeah, it, it was it was my birthday film, so I, um, you know, I, I was very, very, very up for it. Ten twenty in the morning, big screen, fuck all people in there, lovely stuff, and um, yeah, I'm I'm into the Conjuring cinematic universe. I love how or the Conjuring extended universe, I think they're calling it. I love how they've basically come upon this almost by accident. Um, yeah. Even though the first film has like that room full of all the like the uh, that like, accoutrement from their their past like missions or whatever, you never really thought right where well, they're going to do this, they're going to do this, they're going to do this. Um, you know, The Conjuring was a one-off film that was supposed to be a fairly small film for Warner Brothers and kind of turned mm. massive because of test screenings. You know, so it, it despite the age of the extended universe it does kind of feel like they've just happened upon it and i mean there's one moment in the film where it was a bit like well that's just weird weirdly setting something up there but, <laughs> yeah but it was very odd um i got into that yeah i i was just a bit like okay well i mean let's just address that so the, the none in the photo yeah yeah like does everything have to be? Does everything within the Conjuring universe have to be connected to everything? Would be maybe my thing about that. No, but and I, I agree with you. Yes, uh, no, but it 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 would be nice if we got almost almost like a weird kind of fucking Avengers moment. Sure, sure, yeah, no, no, sure, absolutely. It, it, it but. But um, fifteen million dollar film, which looks mo- like it costs more than fifteen million dollars, um, you know, a good cinematographer and good production design and location can d- do an awful lot for a film. Yeah, um, I I liked how it felt like an ensemble. Like for the first half of the film, the one girl seems to be the lead, but then she gets possessed essentially. And then you think Anthony LaPaglia is going to be the lead. And then bye-bye Anthony LaPaglia. And then it's kind of just like everybody else almost get like equal screen time. Maybe a bit more for the, that little girl. Um, but I, I, I liked how it kind of shifted perspective quite a bit. Um, and I really, 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 really liked the last couple minutes. I thought that was great, and I didn't see that coming. Mm. Um, like, I like maybe I missed something. I kind of wish I watched the first Annabelle 
again before watching this, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I, I, I kind of remembered it. So, like, just, just discussing that then. The girl who becomes possessed is actually the, like, member of the strange death cult. Yeah. Which killed their mum and dad at the start of Annabelle. Yeah. Like, I'm... I, the thing is, I'm cool with that being connected because it is still the same evil, essentially. Um, but, yeah, I, I liked how that ended. And it was almost like if you weren't up on your Annabelle history, that ending would have been like, what? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I liked that. So, yeah, but I'm, I'm, I, I, I was very, very keen on it. I'm very intrigued to see what you think. Um, yeah, well, I went into it, and going back, you know, from that, the fact that I, I didn't get on that, but I really like the country movies. Um, I... I, I, I know I've seen a trailer for Annabelle Creation, but I've totally forgotten it. Or I might not have even watched one um, because of, of, of my disposal of the first one. Um, it's $15 million. That's crazy. Uh, it really is. It's it's top-level horror, to be honest. Like, proper, properly good. Not just I was surprised at how good it was. It's a really, really, really good horror film. Um, and I was I was quite quite taken with it to be honest. It, I thought it's it, it's fucking tension all the way through. And um, what where a lot of um, not, not just modern horror but horror in general um, has has issues. And I, I think you could you could very much um, point this finger at both studio horror and independent horror. Uh, because I think a lot of the time studio horror tends to get a bit of a bad rap, and I often think that actually studio horror can often be the better of, of those two kind of um, that double sided coin. Agreed. And it's what tends to happen is with all horror, what you've got to do is you've got to start off strong. You've got to get people into that zone of being a little bit freaked out and a little bit scared. Uh, a little bit on edge, get the adrenaline pumping, and then you take people down again, and that's when you start building your story. And then what a lot of horror makes the, the mistake of doing is is going up and then coming down again, and going up and then coming down again. Because by the third time you go up, you're just fucking bored, and you can't even to go up because you're just waiting for the down. And then they they fizzle out. What I thought about creation did really well was it it had the up, but I don't think the up was to there, there was less um, kind of there's supernatural in the the up uh, at the start. It was very much a more of a naturalistic kind of open. The horror was like a real life horror rather than a supernatural horror. Sure, yeah. And then it, it brings in and it very quickly takes you to a certain place and then just tries to hold you there constantly. And then at that point, kind of you don't. It stops you from thinking, right, the big crescendo at the end's coming because you've been kept at this level pretty much consistently throughout through just giving you a few kind of like jumps and a few kind of like prods and a few kind of scares, but keeping this element of of tension running all the way through. And I think that's handled very well with uh, Anthony LaPaglia there, where they never, they never give him a break moment. They never give him a moment of, of softness. No, and that's the thing. Like, you are very unsure of him yeah and 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 
His wife as well. Miranda Otto, yeah. Miranda Otto, yeah. Because that, that's the thing. It's, it's unclear as to whether they've invited the, those girls there for them to essentially be picked off by Annabelle or, you know, whether they are just, like, doing penance, as it turns out they actually are. Um, yeah. And, and to be fair, I mean, like, the, the Paglia, you're pretty unsure until the scene in which he's killed. Yeah. Because he, 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 he seems to have a... It seems to be both his idea to bring the girls there, but he doesn't like the idea that they're there. Mm, yeah. And there's a lot of moments where he does stuff and you think, is this going to be the moment where you get the softness coming out and they all start warming to him and he'll just sort of look at them and then yes. just walk away. Yes. And, and that's it. And the moment where you think you're going to get the, the bit of, you know, him being the dad, he actually just fucking chews the girl out instead. Yeah. Uh, which which was brilliant, but also well, you're right. It, it is very much an ensemble piece because you, you you can't pick out which girl's going to be the the focus. Well, no, I and mean that, 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 that again kind of adds, adds to all that. Yeah, I mean that that's the thing. It's like there's a scare sequence with the one who's essentially uh, who's eventually possessed, and then there's a scare sequence with the little one, and then there's a scare sequence with the two older ones. Um, yeah. The the other girl doesn't really get much in that to be fair um but yeah that's the thing it kind it does kind of mix that stuff up and i mean like i will say the the kind of more straight up demony stuff at the end i wasn't as into like it was intense but i i was preferring like the the scene where the door keeps on opening and annabelle's in there and then she puts that sheet over annabelle and then Annabelle stands up. Yeah. Like I was, I actually audibly said, "Oh fuck that!" Like I, I was just like, "Nah," because I knew something was gonna happen, and it was like I thought the door, the the door was gonna like she was gonna shut the door, open the door, it wasn't gonna be there anymore, and then there was gonna be a jump scare. But no, instead, it's it's there, it's there, it's there. Oh fuck! It just stood up. Yeah. Like that. Um. Just no. I don't like it. I don't like it. Um. But it mixes up those scares. Like, there's a lot of different situations, and there's barely any scare, which is just like a kind of a boot made you jump. It's not actually a supernatural thing. Like, after. No, they don't, they don't go for that. No, no. Uh, they, 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 they're not. There's very few um, of the um, MacGuffins in it. Yeah, uh, no. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's all. It, it doesn't hide the the demon until the end. It shows you it really fucking early and then just keeps fucking showing you it and keeps going, look, it's a demon, it's a dickhead. We're going to show you this demon, which I think the Conjuring series does quite consistently. Yeah. Where it, it, what it does is it says, no, this, these are films about the supernatural. We're not going to give you fake scares. We're just going to give you fucking scares. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't rewatched The Conjuring two yet, and I, I think I probably were in like October or something. But like, I I particularly remember the sequence early on. I think it's with like a TV turning off and on and whatnot, yeah. and it goes for ages. Yeah. And then the like the end is just like the the thing basically sat right next to the girl and just like shouts at her, and it, it, it's. I really like the the sustained scare sequences that these films do. And yeah. there's a lot of them in this. It doesn't... 
there's not an awful lot of respite. No, there isn't, and there's also not an awful lot of um, for a, for a film, and we don't we don't say this often, but for a film that's that's actually getting on for um, an hour and forty minutes, it it, it it zips by, but there's not an awful lot of plot. No, it, no, it literally just it literally just is tension building. It's it's a really really well crafted film. Yeah, I mean, it's I think it. It gets out just as it's just starting. Time. Yeah, just as it's starting to get a bit. Uh, they chuck her in that room with the the Bible pages, and then you've got like you've got the denouement, which is which is good, you know. Um, so yeah, I I I, 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 I was really 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 pleasantly surprised by this, but because Annabelle, I liked Annabelle. I didn't love Annabelle. You know, don't, I, I I wasn't massive 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 on it. Annabelle felt more like the film that you'd expect it to be. Yes, that's that's it. That felt like a lesser spin-off to something else. This is essentially a superior sequel to that lesser spin-off that I think kind of does does kind of have its own identity. Um, Yeah, it it certainly does, yeah. And the the, the success that the film has had, I, I, I think, is a good marketing b good release date but c the fact that there's some quality stuff in there and people seem to be responding to it absolutely you know they, they, they quite easily um could have launched some kind of deal where they had the country movies came out in cinemas and the country universe or country world or whatever that they are calling it um could have been just straight up netflix films quite easily could have yeah. done that but they've not. They're kind of they've they've had the courage to to just say, do you know what? Fucking hell! It it doesn't. This movie doesn't have to do that well to make its money back. Yeah. If we get in and we're doing for you know a, a decent cost, if we get in recognisable enough stars in the fact that Anthony LaPaglia is is a recognisable character actor, Miranda Otto is a recognisable character actor. If we get in that and we get in this one of the crop of these new, really top-notch horror directors, because we had this um, going back, what, 10 years ago, probably longer, 10, 12 years ago, where we had the, the new stars of horror, mm. and it, it kind of ended up being a bit of a false fucking dawn because yeah. of people like Eli Roth and Rob Zombie and Alexander Jarre and people like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and they've ended up, you know, between them, they've maybe made two or three good horror movies. Mm. Um, I, I'm a Rob Zombie fan, but I, even I'll admit that he's an acquired taste. Whereas there's a little bit of a crop of them coming out at the moment where you're looking and going, do you know what? These are making genuinely interesting and really sort of well thought out horror movies that aren't just um, getting by or aren't even attempting to get by on simple gore or tleas. Like, um, for instance, Eli Roth tries to just get by on gore and Rob Zombie tries to get by on sleazy gore. So there's that, whereas Annabelle's creation's actually quite gory. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, man. I mean, like, fuck, the the Miranda Rosso... Like yeah. corpse is fucking horrific, and it it, it it does come out of nowhere, and it's not yeah. it, it, it's just a bang. It shows you it, um, and it's it's a genuinely scary movie. I was quite shocked at how busy I went to see it this afternoon. Well, twelve o'clock, so uh, midday screening, yeah. and it was quite busy in my screening, which I was quite good. 
pleasantly surprised by. You know, I expected, I, I, I anticipated that I might be the only person in there. And when I got in there and there was maybe 15, 20 people in there, um, you know, which doesn't sound like a lot. And it's not a lot. But actually, for that time of day, um, it, it is, really. Um, and so I, I, I was quite pleasantly surprised by that. Yeah. And everyone's seen some decent sort of reaction to it. Everyone, there was no shuffling around. People were going to the toilet every two minutes. Um, and there was a few, ah, and oh. And there was bits like that from, from me as well. And I, I thought that it, it had some good moments of almost sort of levity as well. The, the bit where they, the nun pulls the, um, the cover back over to the well and says, what the hell was that? And the kid goes, who cares, let's run. Yeah, yeah. It was very much a, well done, well done, kid. You, you've, you've done the thing that you're supposed to do. I, I, um, I, I, I did like the priest, like at the end, like showing the doll to them. It was like, right, who wants, who wants the doll? Yeah. And um, then it just... Get slammed in the back of the police car. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, um, so I, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I also I I I I was watching the the post credits bits going. This is going to be freaking the shit out of here. Oh right, yeah. I mean, thankfully there wasn't really a jump scare there. Um, oh. I'm looking forward to the nun, and I'm yeah. also really not looking forward to the nun. She appears a couple of times in this in this movie, doesn't she? It's been a picture. Yes, yeah. Another time she appears briefly for a snapshot. Yes. Uh, which fucking, which scared me. And then she appears in the, the, the post credits. Yeah, I'm really, 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 really not looking forward to the nun. I, I see, I, I'm really fucking looking forward to it. Cause I just, I, 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 the experience of watching the nun, I'm really not looking forward to. Yeah. Like, seriously, that bit in The Conjuring too, man. Like, ugh. Yeah, it's, it, they've, they've got a really fucking creepy character there, and I think the because that's the that's the next one that's out next year, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and then the Conjuring Three apparently is happening the year after, or is yeah. it next year as I well? Don't, I don't think Juan's doing it, so I wouldn't no, like not. he's he's involved, like he's he's involved in all of these. Um, you know, it's his production company, Atomic Monster, doing all of this stuff, which is great. Um, but so it's not like Saw where he just kind of like left them to it after the first one. Um, but yeah, no, it's, um, oh, one thing I thought was interesting as well. Um, the, the demon was credited as Joseph Pishara, who was the composer on The Conjuring. (laughs) Really? And like he did the Insidious score as well. Um, I just want to look up if that was the same one. I meant to do that yesterday. Because that's really, really, really fucking weird. Because he also was the composer on this as well. Oh, he no, was. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Benjamin uh, Wishfari was, was the composer on it. Yeah. That's that's that, that that's quite weird. Right, fair play. He's a fucking. He's a. Uh, he's it's a the same. Dude. Same cinematographer, um, Maxime Alexandre, is doing the uh, none as well. Oh God. Right. Okay. Fucking hell. Fair play. He plays. Wow, okay, he's Lipstick Face Demon in Insidious, he's Bathsheba in The Conjuring, uncredited as Demonic Figure in Annabelle, Lipstick Face Demon in Insidious Chapter 3, Demon in The Conjuring 2, and Annabelle Demon in, um, in this. <laughs> Fucking hell, fair play. Fair play, the guy, yeah. Um, because I really like his scores as well. Um, 
like he, he, I think he does really good, really good music. But yeah, no, that's fucking that's really weird. Yeah, uh, this is this is insane, right? So so far, um, and Angle Creations not not out everywhere yet. It's still got quite a few territories to open. I think it's only opened UK, Spain, and North America. Um, so far, the Conjuring Universe has cost eighty one point five million dollars. And worldwide is only thirty shy off a billion dollars. I love it. I fucking love it. That's that, that's impressive. And do you know what else is impressive? How how consistently good these movies have been. Like, so I at le- I at least like all of them, and I really like. To be fair, I really like three of them. Yeah, I I I, I really like three of them. I've been very very impressed. Um, <laughs> It is Corin Hardy uh, who is doing the yeah. Uh, is the guy who did the Hallow? The Hallow. Um, which I've seen the Hallow. Which I've I've heard good reports, but I've it, also heard bad reports. It, it was okay. Right. But, so but do more with this. he he does seem to be a proper like horror head and like a, a, a like he, he seems legit. Yeah, and it's, I, it, it's I, the same writer, isn't it? That 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 that, that did Annabelle is doing the nun. Yeah, I mean, like to be fair, I I trust James Wan. I don't like I'm as a producer on this stuff at this point. I'm I, I you know I think he's he's doing some good work here, and I would trust his judgment with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think he's the guy's a smart guy. Yeah, no, absolutely. But fuck, man, like, that's oh god, that's gonna really make me nervous. That fucking film. Yeah. I'm oh Christ. Um, but yeah, I'm a, a, a definitely not shit. I was. I'm, I'm. I'm very glad that that, that I I went to see it. Actually, good no. man. Good man. Um, I'm guessing you are definitely not shit on it as well. And our audience poll uh, came out at definitely not shit fifty percent. Okay. Touching cloth seventeen percent. Okay. And shit, thirty-three percent. That's mixed. It is very mixed, actually. That yeah, I'm surprised at that. Um, but yeah, but you know, not not all bad is what we'd say there. Yeah. Um, so Ian, um, let's do some what we've been watching. Uh, do we want to do some peaks first, or? Oh yes, let's do peaks first. Yeah. Um, okay, so. Part fourteen. I thought it was a good mix of the plotty and the what the fuck yeah i'd as well um to give an idea uh, it's beck's favorite episode of the season so far mm-hmm. um she thinks it was it's the one that's felt most or she said that 12 and 13 and 14 but particularly 14 have been the ones that have felt most like episodes of twin peaks yeah I, it's you know shit is coming together Absolutely, yeah. Um, which is interesting. Which, which is great. Um, I I thought it was interesting that there was no Dougie Jones this week because it feels like the next time we see Dougie Jones is probably going to be... The last time we see Dougie Jones. Yeah, it might well be. Um, or at least, like, it's going to be Gordon Cole's going to be around. Um, and, yeah. And, you know, and we'll, we'll see where it goes from there. Um, but... Fucking right, Sarah Palmer. Fucking like taking her face off and yes. those fucking teeth. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, that that's that, that that's was a very stay much with me. That's gonna fucking stay with me. That is. Yeah. That was very much a. Okay. That's come out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, there's the stuff going on there. I thought the incorporation of um, scenes from um, Firewalk with me was fantastic. Makes you wonder whether he was thinking all this shit all along. Like, maybe maybe he wasn't, but maybe I, he lo- wasn't. But I, yeah, it I was, love it. It was, it was so... The way that they introduced that in uh, in the I had a dream about I had a dream about Monica Bellucci again because I was wondering when I knew Bellucci was going to be in it yeah and I was yeah. wondering when Monica Bellucci was going to turn up yeah and then when when he said I had a dream about Monica Bellucci again I sort of went what and I paused it and just looked at the and went eh. right are we about to have Monica Bellucci playing Monica Bellucci but actually a dream version. A golden gold dream version of Monica Bellucci. I kind of like to think that Monica Bellucci is actually like a member of the White Lodge. It, uh, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, it was. It was at that point that I said to sort of said, "Right, this has now d- delved so far into Lynch just being ultimately fucking self-indulgent." But yeah. I am absolutely loving it. Loving it. Yeah. It's it's self-indulgence of the hang on a minute, you can't bring a real world person into into Twin Peaks. But wait a minute, if you're gonna, Monica Bellucci kinda seems like the sort of person that you could bring into it. Yep. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. No, a fantastic cameo. Yeah, it it was it was brilliant and the the bits set around uh, Twin Peaks were, you know, the, the Andy um being transported um, to the fireman was 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 just startlingly good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I like that Andy has now seen this shit like properly firsthand. Yeah, um, and like it kind of seems like maybe he's going to be a bit more integral than um, than you think. Even though has just going back to something, has anything ever come of that bit where? Like that scene where he was talking to that guy, and the guy was like, "Like you need to leave, like mm. I'll be back at five or something like that." He's like, "Fine, fine, fine, but you need to leave right now." Yeah. Has anything ever come of that? Not yet, no. Right. Okay. Fine. Um. Yeah. I, it, again, like I said last week, I mean, it kind of seems like now, but now after this week's episode, it kind of seems like maybe there's some stuff. That maybe there's a couple of plates in the air that are ne- that aren't just aren't going to be addressed, and maybe it's just like unsettling stuff like the the girl with the weird shit on her arm that she kept on scratching. Yeah. Like, what is that ever actually coming back? Um. Because we've got what we've got three episodes. No, four episodes left. We've got four episodes left. Yeah. Um. Uh, but. These they're clocking in at usually about what an hour um, a bit. Some of them um, I, I, on on now TV they're about fifty five minutes usually. Fifty five minutes, yeah. yeah. So we've actually got, um, and I, I think the last episode is actually a bit longer from what I've I've read. Is that that's that's got about an extra half an hour. So okay. there's actually really like an extra five and a like four and a bit hours left to go. Yeah. 
which when you see it like four episodes out of 18 it doesn't seem like an awful lot but four and a half hours is you know it's it's a bulk of the first season (laughs) is still to go there's a lot they can accomplish in, in that amount of time um it's like you said. There's an awful lot going on, and I'm I'm wondering how, like I said, how much of it you can get ticked off. I mean, we've not even touched the fact that Jamie E is Diane's half sister. Yeah, I uh, audibly went, "Oh fuck!" Yeah, when that came up. That was great, and oh, so many questions now. Yeah. Yeah, did, 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 does Diane know about this? Does I mean, she Christ, not? Diane must have met her fucking husband, surely. I, I don't know, like, surely. Surely? Don't surely? Know. Oh, but maybe maybe not. Maybe estranged for that long, who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah, fucking hell, yeah. I, I, it's, it really is... It's been good. It's now, it's now getting to the point where I'm like, this is, this is peaks. It is proper twin peaks and i'm 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 just i want i want i just want it all now i know i can't have it now and it's bothering me and i have a feeling that it's going to the the bits that have bothered me so far when i watch it in essentially one block are not going to bother me anymore depending on what happens in the next fucking three weeks yeah i mean i i'm i'm still for the for the vast majority, pretty high on it. There's been a couple of episodes where I have wondered whether it's been stagnating, but I, I it kind of does feel like, grand scheme of things, it's going to be okay. Yeah. I, we just need we just need some proper Dale Cooper before the end. Yeah, which is still my worry. Yeah, I mean, but again, it does feel like things are going to happen i mean like they've got to go to las vegas they've got to get dougie and they've got to go back to twin peaks yeah it feels like dale cooper i I mean uh bad cooper is probably already heading to twin peaks yeah um so you know shit is converging absolutely yeah yeah it it really is yeah it's it's, it's going to be it's going to be very very interesting to see what what happens uh, in the next few weeks. Yeah. Cool. Um, what have you been watching any of? Uh, this week, what have I been watching? Uh, no kids films this week, uh, which is uh, different. Um, oh, a ghost story. <laughs> I may as well start with that. So, yeah. uh, took myself off to see a ghost story last Friday. Um, so this is Casey Affleck with a sheet over his head. It's Rooney Mara eating what appears to be an entire chocolate tart, um, which is quite something. Um, and it is brilliant. It's fucking fantastic. Um, story is uh, Rooney Mara and Casey Affleck are a couple. Um, Casey Affleck dies in uh, a car crash. Um, he's in the morgue and he's got a sheet over him. He rises up. And he walks back to his house and he observes Rooney Mara and then the passage of time. And there's a monologue about halfway through the film about how you may try and imprint yourself on history, but there's no point because 
the universe one day will contract into absolutely nothing. And it's a really, really good monologue, and it had me thinking. Uh, it is a story about living in the moment and not wishing time to pass and appreciating what you have got with you right now because once you're gone your memory may live on but your memory's not going to live on forever so why why not just focus on those with you and make your time alive as important as possible uh to your loved ones um casey affleck very good unsure how much of him is actually under the sheet apparently i read the all of it yeah it's apparently there were there was some additional shooting where he Ah, wasn't available that makes more sense yeah um but whoever's performing under it uh get gets the physicality right ben affleck (laughs) yeah that'd be great just like kind of, it's like suddenly for a couple of scenes he's like really bulking because he was like also doing Justice League or something. That'd be funny. <laughs> he's got a mustache on your head. Yeah, nice no, straight up. Yeah, um, nice. Um, Rooney Mara, very good. Um, there's like insights into their relationship, which is interesting because it very much points out that they're not like a perfect couple. This isn't one of the the universe's great romances but this was his great romance um and it's it it does some stuff with cinematically which i found really like profoundly upsetting um there is a sequence marking the passage of time involving a repeated thing involving someone coming out of a uh, like leaving a house out a door and then at the end that same person entering the house Hmm. in a very different circum uh, situation and the sense of time slipping through your fingers is really really well done here and it's really discombobulating um and like it's cinematically it's really really interesting it's got shit to say um, and it be, it's a film which I think is an awful, awful lot more than what it appears to be on the surface. Um, it is fucking fantastic. Good. Yeah, I like it, while it's still out there, people should try and catch it. It's it. I I I, I don't know. It it really, really, really struck a chord. I'm definitely going to try and try and catch it before it 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 it, it shifts away. Um, yeah, I mean, from I I would like if you want to not watch Dark Tower or Hitman's Bodyguard like this weekend, so you can catch a ghost story while you still can. I I would recommend it. A ghost story will be better than either of those films. Yes, I, I, I have no doubt about that. Uh, living in the house I live in, there's no chance I'm not getting to watch. I'm not going to see the Dark Tower, uh, and there's no way I'm not seeing the Hitman's Bodyguards. I might just go three. I might just do three trips to the cinema. Do it. I think we'll see. I think I'm seeing the. Um, I, anyway, I think I'm seeing Dark Tower on Friday night, so I might do Hitman's Bodyguard. I might do um, Ghost Story on Saturday and Hitman's Bodyguard on Tuesday. Anyway, so there we go. Nice. Yes. Uh, cool. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I 
do really see because it, it does look fantastic. Nice. Um, okay, and a couple other things from me. Um, the Free Colors trilogy, I am halfway through the second one at the moment. Um, my first part of the podcast about that is on the Patreon feed, second part and third part coming this week. Um, so, but yeah, um, but yeah, Free Colors Blue is fantastic and I'm enjoying white so far. Um, so, I also rewatched Rock and Roller. Still never seen this. Um, I'm not sure how much you'd get on with it, to be <laughs> honest. Um, but I I quite enjoy Rock and Roller, and there's a very presumptive cre- title card at the end saying blah blah blah. We'll be back in the real Rock and Roller, and then that never happened. Um, <laughs> like there was supposed to be a trilogy: Rock and Roller, Real Rock and Roller, and Rock and Roll, uh, Rock and Roller Star. I think it was. Mm. Um, and yeah, they only did the first one. And the thing is, the cast is fucking insane. Yeah, I'm just looking at it now. It, yeah, that's a that's a heavy cast. Yeah, I mean, it, like it, it's mental. I mean, Gerard Butler, Idris Elba, Tom Hardy, very much in a supporting role. So it was before Tom Hardy was Tom Hardy. Uh, Tandy Newton. Um, Gemma Arterton is in a small role. Jeremy Piven. Um, Ludacris. Uh, Tom Wilkinson. Mark Strong. Like, it, it's fucking crazy, this this cast. It's, you know, it, it's just, it's mental. Um, and yeah, it's fun. It's it's very entertaining. Um I I have a good time with it. It's kind of asking for nothing more than to be entertaining, and it does that fine. Um, so yeah, rock and roll. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, and lastly, Naked, which isn't the Mike Lee film. <laughs> watch this. So, talking on WhatsApp on Sunday night. I think it was Sunday. Was it? Yeah. It was Sunday. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think you pointed out, or maybe Noel did, that... I did, yeah. Yeah, thank you. There's a new Wayans Brothers film on Netflix, and it's a Netflix original. And it's directed by the guy who did the Haunted House films. So, you've got Marlon Wayans. You've got the director of A Haunted House and A Haunted House 2. So the question is, how could I not watch it? How could you not? (laughs) Okay, so, story is... Marlon Wayans is a substitute high school teacher getting married to uh, his fiance, very successful doctor. Um, her friend, her friends think she he's an idiot. Her dad thinks he's an idiot. Her dad invites her ex boyfriend to the wedding, um, and he and his and his mate go out for drinks. He wakes up the next morning in an elevator that has been busted. And he's stark naked. Um, and he's running around trying to work out what's going on. He Church bells chime. And then he's transported back to the broken elevator. Stark naked to do it all again. <laughs> so it's Groundhog Day. Yeah. At a wedding. With Marlon Wayans. Um... It's really bad. It's really, really bad. Um, I, like, Netflix are just fucking vomiting stuff out at the moment, it seems. Like, yeah. it's mental. Like, literally, it was two years ago 
done it with Species of No Nation, and it felt like a really big deal that they had like an original film that they well they bought it, but like it was on Netflix, and now Netflix have got all sorts of stuff. There's a Nicholas Holt film um, that that was straight to Netflix, Sandcastle. I noticed yeah. the other day. Um, yeah, you've 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 got this. I mean, there's there, there's a lot of films on Netflix of the Siege of Jadotsville, which is which stars some notables. Um, yeah, you know, it, it, it's it's really really weird just how many films they've got coming out, and I just like how are Netflix justifying a budget. For the guy who did a haunted house to do another film with Marlon Wayans, when Haunted House Two did as badly as it did, I it's. Do you know, do you know why? Do you know why they'll do it? Because they'll look at right. How many times has a haunted house been watched on Netflix? True. Yeah. No. I mean, no, quite. But no. I mean, that's it. I mean, they look at their metrics and they they decide what to put money into. Fair enough. But I I don't know, man. It's just like they are just vomiting out content at the moment. Yeah, and it's it gets lost in a sea of Netflix. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. To be honest, it's it, it's kind of like there's so much coming out at such a regular stage that it, it it's almost becoming a little bit difficult. I mean, fucking hell, it's definitely out in like a week. Yeah, week Friday. Yeah, and what happened to on what happened to Mondays out Friday? They're verging on getting to the point of where it, it it's one every couple of weeks. I mean, that's the thing. It's all like the thing is at the moment as well. It kind of feels like you've almost got the big Netflix ones, and or it's almost like a weird like straight to VOD Netflix, but it is VOD like Netflix and then straight to Netflix or something like. There's some sort of weird. Here are the ones we actually give a fuck about, and here are the here are the ones that just appear. Yeah. Um, well, the, yeah. What is the this this what happened to Monday? This Friday, isn't that? Mm-hmm. And next Friday it's Death Note, and then a couple of weeks after that it's First Kill Killed My Father, and then it's I think the next one after that is Bright. I mean, fuck, man. There's there's this Chadwick Boseman one, um, a message from the King. Yeah, which looks really good. I'm I'm gonna watch that film. I hadn't had a fucking clue about that until I saw it pop up on my Netflix queue. And it's it, it, I, it's just like what the f- what the fuck I, I I because somebody else is in that as well fuck Alfred Molina I think um it, it's I, I I don't know it just yeah Alfred Molina Lu- uh, Luke Evans and Luke it? Evans that's right yeah 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 so I I it's hard to keep up it's really really hard to keep up and I know because the thing is their whole thing is they essentially want to do away with having to buy in content and just be their own platform essentially but i it just it seems unsustainable to me i i i just i but you know what i don't know what do i know but yeah anyway naked it's fucking rubbish but of course it is it's one of those um it's like the emoji movie it's rubbish but of course it is yeah, it, it, it's rubbish, but, you know, what did you expect it to, to, to kind of be? Uh, I'd, had a, I'd had a few drinks, that was the thing. And it was just like, fuck it, go on then. This will be fun to talk about on the show. It's not really. 
<laughs> but the, I can tell you how, how they can afford it. Um, they currently have 104 million users, right? So if we go 104 million, uh, an average cost of around six dollars uh, globally, I think it is something like that. Eight dollars, I think it is, right? A month, eight hundred and thirty-two million dollars a month. Okay, fair enough. It's you know, there. I think it, it, it's staggering. How much? How much money that they're, they're, they're making? And there was a. I, I read an article a few a few days ago that basically said that they're they're, they're billions in debt and everything like this. And then Netflix kind of came out uh, and kind of responded to it by just going, <laughs> "No, we're not. We're really not." Yeah. <laughs> it is. It what it is. That's based on if we continue investing at the same level we are now. Uh, but our growth dips at the same level it is then yes by 10 years time we'll be 30 billion dollars in debt but we're not going to continue investing at this level <laughs> yeah because at the moment what they've done is they've they've gone big they're going to go big for five years and then they'll start to scale it back you know they're not gonna they're not gonna have to pay a big fee to disney soon to get their stuff because disney yes. don't, don't, don't own content Yes, quite. You know, what they're trying to do now is kind of um, is kind of cover that already and get it so that people are investing in the idea of Netflix premieres. Yes, quite. Yeah, no, I mean that that's that that's exactly it. I I, I don't know. It's just let's have a bit more Oak Show and a bit less naked. Yeah, that 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 is it. Yeah. Um, right. Uh, that. All from yourself? Yep, I'm done, sir. Fire away. Cool. Right. I, I have a, a few. I've had a bit, of, like I said, a little bit of a hectic week this week, so I've only actually watched a few things. Um, I watched a couple of things, which I'm not going to give away for the um, What the Noir um, Patreon podcast, which will be uh, out tomorrow, hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, if I can sort my laptop out, my laptop's going to be funny, and there'll also be movie memories as well at the same time uh, out. Um, but. Yes, what have I watched? Um, I rewatched Cape Fear. I've been wanting to watch it for, rewatch it for a while. Uh, and you know that 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 thing that just kind of comes over you where you go, I fancy watching an insert random movie. <laughs> and it, I just was driving along to work, uh, and nothing kind of jumped out. I mean, I just thought, I fancy watching Cape Fear tonight. And so I messaged Beth and said, Do you fancy watching Cape Fear tonight? And she's like, Yeah, absolutely. So check to see if it was on any um, streaming service and it was on Sky on demand. So I thought, right, that's it. Record, recording it to my um, Skybox, ready for me to go there. Um, yeah, it, I, I, I really enjoyed Cape Fear. I think it's a it's a cracking movie. It's um, it's often kind of considered one of Scorsese's lesser uh, movies, but it's actually one of those where it's got so many little Scorsese flourishes and little. Oh, he's having so much fun in that film. He is. Yeah. It's like he's he's gone with it and gone. Right, I want to make this both scary, kind of stupid, but still fucking really terrifying. And he and he gives you Nick Nolte, and he basically he puts 
them up against each other, Nick Nolte's um, character and Robert De Niro's character, and basically shows them both and goes, look, Nick Nolte, and at the start of the movie essentially says, look, Nick Nolte didn't do his job. In not doing his job, it caused Robert De Niro to have to, spe- have to lose a certain amount of his life to it. Now, whether or not he committed that crime or, or not it, it is kind of immaterial, and it throws in a kind of a thing of the American judicial system. And it throws that in and it says, so he justifiably has a right to be a little bit pissed off. Oh, but can we just mention that he's psychotic and incredibly dangerous and it does it. So you, at a point you're starting to be a little bit sorry for him. And then he fucking, two seconds later, he bites Elena Douglas's face off. (laughs) And then you go, oh no, wait a minute. He's a terrible bastard. Yeah. (laughs) And then from there, he just continues being a terrible bastard. But at every point where somebody points out to him, you're a terrible bastard, he kind of goes, yeah, I am. I am. But I'm on a fucking revenge mission, and I don't give a shit, because the revenge mission I am on is justifiable. And then you go, I kind of is a little bit, though. Not the level he's going to, but he has every right to be pissed off. Yeah. At the same time as having no right at all to be pissed off, and it, it, it contains genuinely one of my favourite scenes in in cinema, one of my favourite scenes of, of Scorsese's, where um, Nick Nolte's character has essentially has lamented and decided that he is going to hire some goons to to go rough up uh, Max Cady, and you have the starting to rough up and you think this is working, and then Max Cady goes into almost like fucking supervillain kind of mode where he goes hang on a minute I- I've just spent 14 years in prison do you think the first fucking three guys to fucking jump me and just takes them out with literally no effort and then notices that Nick Nolte's there because he hears the, the, the trash can move and looks up and he's walking over to him with this and he's just shouting could you be there at him and it's De Niro in Pete De Niro it's because a lot of the time with De Niro nowadays, and it's, it's, it's kind of like, it's easy to, to strike accusations De Niro that he's only doing it for money and for that, and he, he kind of is, there is that. But he's still often quite good in stuff nowadays, but he's still always Robert De Niro playing that person, whereas this was still at the point where you've got him creating characters. And it, then he goes off into this fucking, this weird diatribe where he starts essentially preaching the fact that he's become more than human and then he continues doing that from that point and you kind of start almost believing that he has in some way tapped into a different level that people aren't on but it isn't he's just fucking nuts (laughs) and it's it's it is honestly it is such a fucking good time is cape fear because essentially it's nick nolte I'm Jessica Lang and Juliet Lewis being batshit scared of Robert De Niro because they should be batshit scared of Robert De Niro because he's mental. Nice. It's it's, it's a fucking great time. It's, I think it should be remembered a lot more fondly um, than than I think it is, Kate Fear, because I think it's it, it's a really fucking cracking movie. And I put it up there with things like Shutter Island in the... It's not top-level Scorsese, it's middle level Scorsese, 
But middle-level Scorsese is still better than most people will ever fucking achieve. Straight up. Um, yes, uh, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed that. I also uh, watched a film called The Babysitter, um, a Guy Ferland movie um, from the mid-90s. Um, and Guy Ferland is a... He's not like a, a name director that'll jump out, but he's mostly a television director. But he did direct things like he's done episodes of The Walking Dead he's done episodes of House he's done episodes of Nip Tuck Prison Break Damages uh, The Blacklist The Shield Sons of Anarchy um, The Strain the Guillermo del Toro um, TV series so he's quite an accomplished kind of like you might recognise his name because you've seen things that he's done like that but he's not really done many films but the babysitter stars Alicia Silverstone, Jeremy London, Nikki Cat, and JT Walsh. Have you ever seen this? No, but that's a hell of a fucking 90s cast. That it is, is an Jesus incredible Christ. 90s cast. Right, I'm going to paint you a fucking picture. Do right it, now. do it, do it. Use those words. Right. Alicia Silverstone, in peak Alicia Silverstone, plays Jennifer, who is a teenager. And she's the babysitter. She is hired by J.T. Walsh uh, and Lee um, Gartlington um, to be the babysitter for their kid for the night because they're going to a party uh, hosted by a wealthy family uh, in, in the town that they live in. So she's brought in there. At the same time, you've got she's having problems with her boyfriend, who you kind of get the feeling that they're they've kind of broken up, but they're not broken up, played by Jeremy London. And he's off doing his thing. And Nikki Cat has taken a shine to her, but she's kind of shunning his advances. Nikki Cat happens to previously have been best friends with Jeremy London's character, but now they don't really talk to each other. And the party that JT Walsh has gone to is at his parents' house. Now, right. everybody seems to have this obsession with Alicia Silverstone, including JT Walsh, Jenny London, and Nikki Cat. Now, the whole film is kind of told through almost fantasies of what JT Walsh character wishes was happening what yeah. Jeremy London's character wishes was happening yeah. and what Mickey Cat's character wishes was happening and then also uh, what Lee Garlington's character wishes was happening as well at the party but Alicia Silverstone's is always what is actually happening so JT Walsh thinks that he's going like, to go back and seduce her by being just dashing and debonair and what is it and then you've got Jeremy London thinks that he's going to go there. And at one point he thinks that they're going to make up and she's going to be really glad that he's gone there. But then he also starts panicking that Nikki Cat's moving in and that she's got a thing for Nikki Cat. So he starts getting paranoid about that. And so his fantasies start including Nikki Cat. And it all starts to start melding into just being a bit fucking mad. Um, it is incredibly uh, mid-90s in the way it's done. Um, it's only 90 minutes, so it's, it, it, it gets in, gets its shit done, and gets the fuck out. Um, it gets a little bit dark towards the end, a little bit darker than it maybe has any right to get at that point. 
it kind of takes a turn where you go, oh, so this is happening. Okay, this feels a little bit a little bit darker than the rest of the movie's been, but all right. <laughs> um, Alicia Silverstone is perfect casting. Um, Sounds it. Nikki Cat is perfect casting, playing the the douchebag troublemaker. Uh-huh. Jeremy London is perfect casting, and JT Walsh is perfect casting. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Uh, okay, that sounds great. On Netflix, I believe it would be a good treadmill treadmill movie. Okay, cool. That's good. Always looking for those. Yeah. So I, I'd say that. Um, the only other thing I watched this week was I also um, in a sleep-filled haze last night because I couldn't get to sleep. Um, just flipped on um, Sky and you, you know that thing where you you, you flip some on just to watch something for ten minutes. Yep. Sure. And then watch the entire fucking movie. I did that with Mr. Deeds last night. Oh, why? Why did you just, do that? It I actually quite like Mr. Deeds. Okay. Um, it literally was just kind of starting, and I thought, yeah, fair enough. That'll that that'll do. It'll it'll kill kind of like twenty minutes, half an hour uh, of just kind of like letting it wash over me. Um, and it'll be it'll be all right. Um, plus, directed by um, Steve Brill of Without a Paddle and Sandy Wexler fame. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I, I actually don't dislike Mr. Deeds. I actually have a kind of soft spot for it. I think it's one of Sandler's middle um, career films that was actually quite entertaining in some ways. Uh, it's crap, but it is quite entertaining uh, in the fact that I laugh mostly at John Turturro in that movie. Well, I'm glad you laugh. Yeah. Um, I probably am one of the only people that fucking laughs at Mr. Deeds, but hell, I, I laughed at it. Uh, so, yeah. So, I also watched Mr. Deeds through like a, from about one in the morning to about three in the morning last night. Fucking hell, fair play. I um, So, yeah, so that, that's, that's it. That's what I've, I've watched. So, I think we do have a question now this week. Uh, oh, sweet. Do we? Yes. Oh, very good. Uh, Andrew Jones. Uh, oh, at nice. Easton Runs on uh, is it better to directly adapt a book or take elements from it? Also, second question, I think this kind of is, um, King novels, are they good sources? King novels, are they good sources? Sure, yeah. Um, better to... I, I don't know, to be fair. I think it. I, I, I think either are fine, as long as the film's good. You judge a film uh, on its own merits, like... And I think it is. I think it all depends on on what you're planning on doing. If it's a if it's a book written about a specific story, I think you've kind of um, it's difficult, isn't it? I suppose really because again, I think you've got to judge, like you say, on the actual on the actual book itself because on the actual film itself because some will take elements of bits and kind of create a film of itself and say this is based upon this the Collins have done it a number of times um and then you'll get actual ones where it's, it's a direct adaptation and i think if you're going to call something a direct adaptation and you change too much in it then yeah you might as well have just said it's inspired by or based upon then yeah um I, I can definitely see that point. I think if you're going to make a story, a film of a book, you you, you make the film of a fucking book. But then again, there have been some very good films that have come out of ideas from books. Shining, for instance. Sure. 
is a prime example there, you know, referring back to the King one. Um, yeah, King, there's been a lot of um, a lot of bad movies um, made um, of Stephen King books, certainly. Um, I think that was more a, a, a kind of a theme of the 80s in the fact they could get the rights to them for quite a reasonable price. Um, partially because Stephen King really liked cocaine. So um, he needed a lot of money to continue really enjoying cocaine. And so, you know, there was a lot of shitty movies made. But actually, there's there's less than you'd think, to be honest. Mm. Um, you know, there's... For every shit one, there's often actually a couple of decent ones. I mean, just going through the list of, of Stephen King movies that we've had, you know, Carrie, The Shining, Creepshow, uh, The Dead Zone, I'm just going to go through the, the, the very perceived to be good ones. The Dead Zone, uh, Christine, Stand By Me. Um, I'm going to call The Fucking Running Man. I don't care what fucking people say, but The Running Man. Uh, Misery. Uh, Shawshank Redemption. Dolores Claiborne is, is a Perfectly decent movies. At Pupil, Green Mile, yep. Hearts and Atlantis, uh, Dreamcatcher is a good movie. I think 1408 is a good movie. Uh, the Mist, you know, we've got, that's just, that's like half of them. And I'm leaving out some that are perfectly watchable. Yeah, 100%. I, um, I, I mean, the, the, the bad tends to be like direct to video stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was that was all we all we had from questions uh, this week, I believe. Yes. Uh, so, uh, what are we covering next week, Ian? Okay, so I mean, we're both definitely seeing Dark Tower. Yeah. We're both definitely seeing Hitman's Bodyguard. Yeah. So, Dark Tower and Hitman's Bodyguard. Yeah, that 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 seems like the most likely thing. <laughs> yes. Um, Right, I think, I think we kind of wrapped up the end of the show there. Yeah, to be yeah, no, we yeah. kind of um, got through it quick in the end there, didn't we? Yes, yeah, well, you know, but we hope it was still enjoyable. Um, so, Ian, what have you got coming up on the Patreon? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, what, um, so, I'm going to um, finish the uh, the Free Goes uh, trilogy as part of my look through the Sight and Sound Top 250, um, and then I'll have a, a new one of those uh, the next week. Um, we need to like draw the next commentary track i think we do yes uh but we'll uh we'll 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 sort that out over the next few days yeah uh, damn you football just went out didn't it it did indeed yeah damn you football just went out um it's probably gonna go out um every um monday night or every tuesday night um depending upon uh if there's a monday night fixture if you don't want to try and do that uh, it might not always be an hour long um, I, I literally I, I set out yesterday to kind of make it a half an hour long show and it was literally bang on a fucking hour so um, so it, it was that it will literally be just for how much I can, can waffle on it will often just be a rundown of kind of like the events of, of, of the footballing week I suppose uh, in that I hope people who you know who enjoy football uh, are enjoying that uh, it, it's kind of weird to to record it, um, I do feel like I'm kind of like shouting at myself sometimes. Nah, man, it's, quite nice. it's good. 
Good, I'm glad people are enjoying it. Um, so yeah, so there's that and the other Patreon bits that all other Patreon bits because that's the free show still. Damn, damn, damn you, football. Um, that we will have is I've got the uh, what the noir which should be going live. Like I say, I hope it's tomorrow. If not, it'll be the latest. It'll be Friday and so, another movie memories, which is a good one actually. It's a cracking one. It's a there's almost a little story that goes with with the one I'm going to do on this one. It's quite a it's a, a journey through my mind and through my childhood with this one. Um, yeah, and I've actually also I also rewatched the movie to do it as well. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to recording that actually. Very good, very good. Uh, cool, right? So that was episode 220. Uh, DudeMonkey.com um, at DudeMonkey at Ian Lauren at DudeFoz, um, Patreon slash um, DudeMonkey. Uh, anything else I've forgotten there, Ian? Don't think so, buddy. Good show. Nice one. Cool. Yes, I uh, hope you enjoyed it, and we should be back next week. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Bye bye.